I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What do we know about Jacob? What do we know about this man who fell asleep alone in the desert, no pillow but a stone, dreaming of angels ascending and descending between heaven and earth? This Jacob to whom God promises land and descendants, God's blessing and unwavering presence. Most of us know this story, and we probably know the story of Jacob wrestling with an angel until he's struck on his hip socket so he limps forever and is renamed Israel, father of a nation. But we may have forgotten Jacob's backstory, and the lectionary conveniently skips it. Jacob's the younger son who has stolen his older brother Esau's birthright and blessing by tricking his old blind father Isaac, and now he is on the run from his enraged brother. Jacob meets God in the wilderness as a schemer and a trickster who even after receiving God's generous and loving promises he still decides to bargain with God. Right after the passage we read today, Jacob says, if God stands by me and protects me, keeps me in food and clothing, and brings me back in one piece to my father's house, then this will be my God. Only after decades away from home, gracious forgiveness by his brother Esau, and a full life blessed with children, and wealth, only then does Jacob become who God has called him to be, a faithful man who now claims God as the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day. Most of us know Jacob as an ancestor in faith, but had we met him in the desert, on the lamb from a disappointed father and an enraged and betrayed brother, well, we might have judged him a little differently. And isn't this always the way? Depending on when you meet someone in their lives or a particular experience with them, depending on your perspective of a particular situation, whether you're an insider or an outsider, the winner or the loser, the one who's privy to the gossip or the one who is clueless, well, that all determines the judgments we make. And the older we get, the more we understand this, don't we? Jacob, at the age of 20, is very different from the middle-aged man or the man on his deathbed. If we judge too soon, ourselves, others, situations, we'll probably get it wrong. For only God has searched us out and known us. Only God discerns our thoughts from afar. Only God is with us in this place, in every place, 
even when we don't know it. This may be what our parable of the wheat and the weeds has to tell us today, though I'm hesitant to try to pin down the meaning of any parable, especially this one, which seems so well judgmental. Thank you, Matthew. After all, parables, like poetry, are not to be dissected. They're like Zen koans meant to awaken us by taking images from our daily lives and making them strange so we can see anew. Or as my favorite theologian, Father Capon, says, parables are used not to explain things to our satisfaction, but to call attention to the unsatisfactoriness of all of our previous explanations and understandings. So I'll try to tread lightly. A landowner plants some wheat, but while everyone is asleep, an enemy sowed some weeds there too, and both grew up together. And the servants come to the landowner cheekily, first to ask where the weeds came from. After all, master, didn't you sow good seeds? The owner says, an enemy has done this. So the servants, seeking to fix the problem, ask if they should go uproot the weeds. So far, so good. But then the surprise comes, the hand clap of the Zen koan brought to bring us into consciousness. No, says the landowner, don't weed out the invaders because that will uproot the wheat too. Rather, let them grow together and we'll separate them later at harvest time. Now a little background here. I won't go into deep agricultural detail. The weeds talked about here are darnel. They're a plant that looks almost exactly like wheat until the ear appears. By the time it's clear which is which, the roots are so intertwined that if you start pulling out the weeds, it's very likely that you'll also pull out the wheat. The workers mean well. They're certain that they can judge correctly between the two, but the owner knows just how hard it is to judge between what is wheat and what is weed. What is good seed? What is bad seed? Before they have reached full maturity. Instead of focusing on the bad weeds, the owner seeks to protect the wheat, knowing that the crop will survive, even if it's a little crowded, even if it's a little harmed by the weeds. Both the good and the bad are allowed to grow and flourish. They'll be dealt with much later. And this makes me, and probably you, absolutely crazy. After all, who doesn't pull a weed from her garden when she sees it? Whom among us doesn't quickly move to judgment when another screws up? Who doesn't want to decide who is right and who is wrong? 
it's just part of that lizard brain we've got to want to make distinctions. But here's the thing. By trying to purify anything, whether a wheat field or our church or our community, we might just harm the good. Not only that, we might find that we become like that which we seek to destroy. The servants here focus so much on the weeds and the evildoer that they want to use his methods of destruction rather than focusing on the wheat, on what is good, on the kingdom. This parable offers us another way. Live in the mess. Don't assume you know who's good and who's bad, and who's right and who's wrong. That's God's job. Now that doesn't mean that we can never make judgments, though Jesus warns us against it. Remember, do not judge so that you may not be judged. Still, he does give us a way to judge right from wrong, but it begins by looking at ourselves. Remember the log in our own eyes before the speck in our neighbors. But though Jesus gives us a way to judge, here's the thing, you just don't really see him do it, ever. You don't see Jesus trying to separate the good from the bad, deciding who's weedy from who's wheat, and Lord knows he's got lots of opportunities. He never removes Judas from the twelve. His right-hand man, Peter, becomes a stumbling block to him, yet Jesus makes him the rock of the church. Peter denies him three, time, yet, three times yet after resurrection. Jesus allows him a triple confession of love and faithfulness so he can be redeemed. Is Peter wheat? Is Peter weed? In the fullness of time, Jesus helps Peter develop into wheat. It's tempting. It's so tempting to try to clean things up, to purify things, to get rid of those we are certain are weeds, those who've screwed up or sinned or disappointed. It's tempting to think that we know what's going to happen to others, or perhaps to think we know our own fates. Perhaps you're certain you're wheat or weed. But if the Bible teaches us anything, it's that God works in ways that are not our own. God, God works primarily with weeds, only sometimes with wheat and often amazingly transforms the weeds into the good wheat. This parable invites us to allow God to be in charge of judgment and redemption and to allow ourselves to be free to love one another, to help build up the kingdom, not by ripping up weeds, but by fertilizing the crop. 
along the way, maybe we'll help someone who is a sinner. Maybe we'll be good to someone with bad intentions. Maybe another will help us. Oh well, this parable seems to say that that's not our problem. Turns out we're terrible at telling wheat from weeds and that if we start weeding, we'll do nothing but focus on weeds rather than seeing the beautiful crop of wheat, God's good kingdom growing up all around us. And it turns out, surprise, God's in charge, not us. After all, who among us would have chosen the cheater, the trickster Jacob to be our father in faith had we met him on the run, alone out in the desert? But it turns out that God was in that place, right there with Jacob, just as God is with each one of us, those we love and those we loathe, and just as Jacob, the lying, cheating son, turned out to be a faithful patriarch because God was with him, blessing and loving him, so can anything or anyone, even you, even me, so can anyone who looks like a weed surprise us by turning out to be wheat. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.